everyone. The Mary Griffith Show rolling on, brought to you by Refreshment Services Pepsi and Harvest Ridge Coffee. And earlier today, Steve informed me that Sierra Mist is on the way out, and a new product from Pepsi called Starry is on the way in. So if you're a Sierra Mist fan, I guess start hoarding immediately. And if you're a Starry fan, we begged them to bring me a free sample so we can taste it right here on the air. But much like the request for uh, pheasant under glass and lobster, uh, it has gone unnoticed. But someday we'll get to talk about Starry right here on the Mary Griffith Show. But today we're going to talk about the Quincy Family YMCA. Good morning, Jim Chamberlain. Good morning, Mary. How are you today? I'm wonderful. Hey, the Hannibal Y just got $140,000 from the that's Reno exciting. Foundation. Yes. They have some of the same challenges that you have. They need more daycare, after school care, days off of school care and summer care uh, options. Absolutely. You guys have the same problem. We do. And in fact, we are planning for a summer camp right now. I know it's January, but we're planning well, you've ahead. You've got to plan now, <laughs> and especially if you want staff. Exactly. Well, and last year we filled up. And oh, we yeah. had a wait list. We have the, the biggest summer camp in the area, and it was full, and we had a wait list. So we actually hired more staff to be able to accommodate. But you're right. I mean, we just we ran out of space. We weren't able to take on more kids. So it's, it's a good problem. We never, we never want to say no to a, a parent and a child, but we have capacity constraints just like everyone does. Well, it's a problem that everybody's aware of, and the good news is, uh, organizations like the Hannibal Y, the Quincy Y, are working hard to alleviate some of the problem. Now, there's a limit to what you can do, but hopefully, uh, as we see that as a need, I know you're a United Way member agency, yes. you rely on contributions. Absolutely. There may be people who step up to bat and say, hey, the Y is a trusted partner, maybe they can be the next one to move forward. So that's Absolutely. really great, because serving youth is what you're all about. But it's January, people have made their New Year's resolution to get fit. And if they haven't done anything about it, they can still get a membership at the Y. And you've got a sale going on, I understand. We do. We actually have a three-part sale. We tried to uh, meet people with what they want. So we have a, a ton of loyal members, and it's just incredible. So we like to reward them by giving them an annual discount. Um, so if they buy their membership, and not just they, you, if someone's interested, if you buy your full-year membership in advance, we do a 20% discount. Um, that's the biggest discount that we do all year round. Um, and it's open to anyone. So you can come in. All of these sales expire the end of January. So just a couple more weeks and they'll be expired. Um, we also have a, a buy one, get one offer. So essentially, if you pay for the month of February, you get all of January for free. Um, and we actually started this one in December. So you got a little bit of December free also. Um, but yeah, come on in. Pay for February. You get the rest of January for free. Um, no questions asked. And then the the new thing we introduced this year is a two-year sale. So we have a lot of people that, again, have been with us forever. And we said, you know what? If, if you want to buy two years in advance and just pay that full amount in advance, we're actually giving a 35% discount, um, which is a phenomenal discount. Yeah, um, that is. So um, we, we've had some people take us up on that. And so we have that three-part buy one, get one is by far the most popular. So come on in. You can come in today. You can come in anytime between now and the end of January. Um, you, you pay for February. You get the rest of January for free. Wow. Um, and, and with that, you get, um, you get our, our Smart Start program, which includes a free um, orientation. So what we want to do, so we don't want... you know how to use the equipment. Yeah. You can't just let people free down there. You have to... And I remember when I went through it, they taught me which pin to put in, you know, because exactly, I can't lift yeah. 280 pounds. So yeah. it teaches you how to adjust the seat, how to adjust the weight, you yeah. know, stuff, and tells you the etiquette of 
Now, if everybody's walking in the left circle, don't you go try to <laughs> yeah. swim upstream, Griffin? Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. Um, and, and there are some people that know what machines they want. They may, may just not know where it is or maybe not know how quite to use it. There are other people that it's very intimidating to walk in, and we don't want to put them in a situation where they're uncomfortable or they won't essentially come in. So we want to provide them that orientation and, and help them through that process. So we can set up that free orientation, show you the equipment. We'll sit down with you and we'll we'll understand. Our staff is incredible at doing this. Understand what are your goals? What do you want to work on? Are there any concerns you have or any issues you have that we need to work around? We can set up a free personal training session with you as well. So we'll do the orientation. We'll do that free personal training session. And then as you do those, we can set you up with an individualized workout. Um, so our goal is to help you on your, your fitness, on your wellness journey. Um, so come in and sign up today. We have people at the front desk ready to go, ready to help out in any way we can. And remember, you can use the pool. You can use the sauna, the steam room. I mean, it's wonderful. Uh, and again, the only person who didn't approve the two-year membership was the accountant with carryover funding. <laughs> uh, yes. I, I work for not-for-profits, and that's the worst thing you can do, but I'm sure you don't care about the accountant. You care about your members. So good for you. We've talked about boxing. We've got women's boxing. We've got men's boxing. Yes. How are the classes going for Halyard 44? You know what? They're going great. And in fact, the registration is higher than it's ever been. Um, so it's a, it's, we have two different programs. We have a youth boxing program, um, and it's just going fantastic. We have in that program, we have some kids, a lot of kids that have never boxed before, and then some kids that have boxed and are competing. So if you say, Hey, I don't want my, my son or daughter, we have men and women, boys and girls in there. If, if you don't want your child competing, that's okay. They still learn the discipline. They get the exercise. It's incredible exercise and the camaraderie that comes with being part of a team. Um, but if you say, Hey, I, I, I think they're ready to compete now, and our instructors will evaluate them. They won't right. put them it's in a situation. It's not forcing them to compete. Correct. That would be a parent's choice. But the thing of it is, whether you compete or not, you're still learning the skills. And exactly. So, uh, the the physical fitness aspect of boxing, and I think that's why the old police athletic league always had boxing for kids. Yeah. Because kids were tough. You know, they wanted to be tough. Well, this is a way to kind of, boy, hitting that bag will get out some aggression it sure does it really you know it's good therapy for adults and for children yeah and whether you hit another person uh doesn't matter because you're mm-hmm. learning the skills and you're building the muscle and you're also learning how strong you are and how to control that strength that's exactly right because you're being not being taught to go out and beat the living <laughs> heck out of somebody on the playground you're being yes taught, we do frown upon that yeah this is uh, how you can say hey yes. back off Absolutely. I'm fully trained. Well, and for the kids that do compete, um, this is Olympic-style boxing, which means it's points-based. Um, this is not – we do not try to get knockouts. Right. It is – from what, I, what, what I've seen and what I've been told from, from some experts at it, in, in this youth boxing, there is hardly any blood. Yeah. Um, there because is you're almost protected. never an yeah. injury. It's all about points. Yeah, because you're just touching. I mean, you're hitting, yes. but you're padded. Every yeah. place you're padded. And there's an official in there that is trained and certified. So it is a very safe sport for the kids, um, and we encourage everyone to come. And then we also have a women's boxing. We just yeah, started. just started that, and yeah. I think that's going to take off. Well, Damani has two flyers out. He gets the multiple poses, I guess. We know who the star of the Y (laughs) is. But this is a young gentleman who will take your kids, ages 11 to 16. And the thing about it is, at that age, you have to be very careful about weight training. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some people puberty, some people not puberty. Some, you know, they're just 
everybody's so different between 11 and 16. And what this does, it gives you some personal one-on-one, the kids one-on-one with Demani, and then he can tell them, you're ready for this, you're not ready for this, stick with this weight. I mean, it really is catered to each child. Absolutely. And I can speak to this because I was a young boy once, and I was trying to go in the weight room, trying to impress people, not knowing what I was doing. And if you don't know... That's why they call you Hernia Chamberlain. (laughs) How did you hear that nickname? (laughs) Um, and, and if you're not careful, you can hurt yourself. Yeah, you really can. And that, that, that pain or the injury could be a lifelong injury. Mm-hmm. So we take it very seriously. We do not allow anyone under the age of 14 in our wellness center without going through this training. Um, obviously, if they're accompanied by a parent, then there are some, some exceptions to that. Um, but the whole goal of this is to teach kids how to be safe, teach kids gym etiquette. Um, like you said, to not walk against the grain, um, but how to, how to rotate, um, work in your workouts with other people. But the most important thing, how to be safe. They teach them about muscle groups, teach them about how to um, work the muscle and then rest and then come back so you're not overworking it and straining yeah, I, muscles. I've been resting my muscles now for five years, so it's about Perfect, time for me yes. to get back into the work <laughs> mode. Well, that is great. Now, again, these are all available at the Quincy Family YMCA. Just call or go online. You'll lead, read all about this. New memberships, they've got a big buy one, get one sale. They've got a one-year special, a two-year special at severe discounts. And the great thing about it is a lot of people say, well, you know what I want to join the Y for? I just want the camaraderie. Like, I love playing basketball, but there's no one to play basketball with. But Mm -hmm. at noon every day, Monday through Friday at the Y, a group of old warriors get together and see if they've still got it. And it'll be different people yes. showing up on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. But there's always a pickup basketball game, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And it's men and women. We have women in there as well. Um, and, and a lot of them still do have it. So, um, But the good thing about that is the camaraderie. They welcome everyone of every different level. And it's just a fun, engaging environment. So, yeah. Yeah. so that's something you can do anytime. Just walk in uh, with your basketball sneakers and you can get on the court and play. And I really love it that early in the morning... Uh, from 5 o'clock until about 8.30, 8 o'clock, 8.30, you've got the gym open for pickleball because on a day like today, they don't mm-hmm. want to be outside necessarily playing pickleball. You get wet or, you know, it's just too cold or too windy. And yeah. so this has become very, very popular. Oh, it's it's huge. And the gym is packed with people. And it's such a great environment. It's such a great energy in there. But it's wide open. It's uh, free play. You don't have to make a reservation. Just come. You can stay as long as you want, as short as you want. We have people, um, the, the schedule says 830, but many days people stay a lot longer. Well, um, as long as nobody's wanting the space, yeah, just exactly. go ahead. You yep. know, It's like anything else. There's a courtesy involved. Absolutely. Right. I mean, there's still That's maybe people that want to walk inside. They're not going to bother. You're not going to walk across the court. You yeah. know, they can use the perimeter. So I think that's the one thing in my all the times I've ever been to the Y, people are so polite. I mean, maybe you're doing something that kind of annoys somebody like uh, I'm trying to swim laps here. I talked to you about that, Mary. You, I know. And you stopped and, doing it. So you know, thank you're you. just floating on your pool noodle. <laughs> Would you mind moving to another part of the of the of the pool? Yes, I don't mind. You know, so I think a lot of it is just uh Common sense and yes. just being very polite with people. Yeah. And also, when you get into the hot tub, you must push the timer all the way back because, you know, nobody likes to get in there and then have to get up. Uh, real quick, last thing, toddler yes. gym, Thursdays, 930 to 1130. Boy, I tell you, on a day like today, if you're a stay-at-home mom, 
you are crazy. Like, what am I going to yes, do with this kid to absolutely. let them burn off energy and everything? And they're going to run around inside, and you've got all kinds of little things for them to play with. It's really fun. It is. And today, we're starting it back up today. Um, so every Thursday, 930 to 1130, we have toddler-appropriate toys. We do not allow older kids in there so that toddlers get trampled. Um, but if, come with your kids. Come with your grandkids. Um, come with a friend. Um, but we do require the adult stays in there with the child. Um, but we have we have other adults in there and other kids in there. The kids have a blast. So come um, 9.30 to 11.30. It's in our gym. Toddler-appropriate, toddler-focused place. <laughs> I want to come. <laughs> it should be for three-year-olds and 63-year-olds. Thank you, Jim Chamberlain. And don't forget, folks, they have got some great deals at the Y. If you really want a fitness home, the Quincy Family YMCA is your place. Whether you like to swim, lift weights, walk, uh, be on the treadmills, do the bicycles. I mean, the kids have a whole section of stuff. They've got after-school program. They've got everything for something for every single age. So uh, check it out. Go in person and take a tour. Or check them out on the uh, website or just call 222-YMCA. Couldn't be any simpler than that. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. Thanks Thank you. a lot. State's Attorney Gary Farhawk coming up in three minutes. We are back at Talk Radio 930 WTAD, 932 our time, and I'm honored to have Gary Farha here. He is the Adams County State's Attorney, which means he is the chief prosecutor for all crimes that uh, are alleged to have been committed in Adams County. We're going to talk today about a wide-ranging uh, uh, panoply of topics, um, including why does it take so long to get somebody from charged to jail but we'll we'll save that for a little bit later this morning i had stories that the mcdonough county sheriff and the pike county sheriff are in open defiance of illinois law uh, about the new assault weapons ban they say it's unconstitutional this will be decided uh, in court i was curious uh, from your standpoint since you're in charge of prosecutions is this the kind of stuff you say to the sheriff hey look Yes, it's been passed into law, but it's going to undercome a court battle, so don't bother with this at this point. Or how do you react to something like this? It is a new law. You're the chief law enforcement officer. Tell us how that goes over. How does the McDonough County Sheriff and the Pike County Sheriff and maybe lots of other sheriffs, I think well, there's 20, say, I just don't got to do it? Adams County is in that capacity, oh, they are. too. Yes. Okay. Uh, Sheriff Grotens, who is, I, I was a big supporter of, who I've known for 40 years, um, he he came out and with a press release saying that too. Um, I don't see the Quincy Police Department or uh, the Adams County Sheriff's Department making arrests on this unless it's in the commission of a crime. And that's what I've told various media outlets that have talked to me about it is, uh, you know, we have a wide uh, discretionary powers uh, to to prosecute or not. I don't think this will be a situation that uh, we will go doing search warrants for people's houses uh, to see if they have assault weapons or anything like that. I mean, um, the Adams County Board on Monday or on Tuesday uh, did the proclamation that they had. Um, there, there's a, a lot of opinions uh, and support for uh, gun. Uh, Hunters and um, so it's a situation where there's extreme emotion on on this side, but you can't you just can't say we're not going to prosecute something. It'll be on a case by case basis. And uh, as I told uh, Harold Wig, uh, 
the, the situation is going to be one of trust. Uh, I, I think that one of the things I've exhibited in the six years is that I listen to both sides and I try to make the best decision that I can. And, and that's what we were doing here. But there are going to be lawsuits, oh. gazillions. And, and, gazillions. It, it, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The, uh, and it, uh, we have a, uh, a, uh, a texting, um, group emails, uh, that, uh, state's attorneys use. And last night, probably 30 or 40 state's attorneys chiming in wondering if, if, if they should join a lawsuit, if this and that, wondering the propriety of it. Um, and we're not going to join any lawsuit uh, for Adams County because um, the interesting question, uh, it, it's a legal concept, but they're saying that um, that we don't have standing to file suit because it is our discretion. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see just what happens. But yeah. So one thing you did file suit against was this uh, no cash bail. A group of attorneys, uh, including yourself, Adams County, got together, and in fact, it has been stopped. Now it's still up for court review. Right. And we're going to talk about how long these things take in a sure. little moment. But it is frustrating, I'm sure, for a lot of people. Oh. But at the moment, uh, that law, parts of it have gone into effect, but the part that says. Uh, no bail for certain infractions has not gone into effect. That, so we're just status quo. If you got arrested on December 30th or on January 3rd, same thing's going to happen to you. A- absolutely. So uh, the, basically it was found unconstitutional by a judge in Kankakee uh, for three different specific reasons. He found some of the other arguments that the state's attorneys uh, laid forward were not valid, but there were three uh, specific reasons that it was unconstitutional. One is that the right of bail uh, is guaranteed in the uh, Constitution. Uh, so under the Safety Act, that there were uh, parts of it that were not good for defendants, too. Uh, because if, like, say, a Class A domestic battery uh, was charged, if we could make the case that he had repeated uh, incidents of violence or whatever, um, he could have been detained for up to 90 days with no chance of bail, which isn't fair either. Uh, but um, that that was a part of it. Separation of powers was a part of it, the legislative uh, legis- the General Assembly should not have the power to to say that. And uh, also, um, I'm trying to remember the third, but in any event, it well, was... Well, two's enough, yeah. yeah they're, they're, but it's all going to have to be... I mean, I think this is why... We know there are three branches of government. Right. We learned that in civics class. Absolutely. But the problem is, when we get to be old and gray like myself, you start to think, well, now, why is this always such a frustration? And I tell you what, my dad told me to be an attorney, and damn, I wish I had been, because you can sue anybody <laughs> well, you would have been for a good one. anything. Exactly. I mean, as much as I like to argue, I, my dad that's what my dad said. The way you like to argue, you better be an attorney. My dad went to be a lawyer at Southern Cal, never became a... My dad tried to be a veterinarian at um, Michigan State, could have been a veterinarian, went out to law at Southern Cal, and it became a radio announcer. So, you know, there's right. a guy who knew... Twice I struck out. I could have been a high-paid vet. I could have been a high-paid lawyer, but instead I'm a radio announcer. But But he was a good one. Yeah, he was a good one. It's so frustrating sometimes how long these things take. So the other thing is you hear somebody say on the news like, well, the legislature passed this, and it's going to go into effect immediately, and then a lawsuit's filed, and it may not be in effect for years. Let me just tell you briefly about that situation. Uh, The... 
month of February will be taken up with the lawyers, our litigation team, their litigation team for the uh, four different uh, offices. For this no cash bail. Yeah, yeah filing an, a, their paperwork t- with the Illinois Supreme Court. It's directly going to the Illinois Supreme Court from the circuit clerk, the circuit court. Um, and that whole month of February will be taken up. We expect oral arguments before the Supreme Court in mid-February, um, in mid-March, and a decision sometime in late April or early May. That was from the le- latest Zoom meeting we had with the, you know, so. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. We'll exactly. See happens. Gary Farha, my guest today, he's the Adams County State's Attorney. He is not running for re-election. Uh, he didn't give me a reason why, but I think he's just too darn old. No, it's time to retire. You know, but it is. the good news about your job, when you're a lawyer, you're always a lawyer. So, you know, you don't have to work full time. You can always, you know, do people's wills or make sure their dog Fluffy gets a, you know, an estate beneficiary named after them or something. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're safe. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, let's talk uh, in general terms. And if you can explain this, I would be so happy. People get arrested for something. Of course, they plead not guilty. They claim they're innocent. Sometimes they plead guilty. It still takes a while. But they plead not guilty. They claim they're innocent. And Mary Griffith is still reporting on a, a, a hearing, a this, a that. I mean, every other month they're back in the news because they've had some kind of hearing. and And it's always been delayed or extended and people are in the news for years sometimes you're entitled to a speedy trial right so who is unspeeding it is it the people that are accused or is it the prosecution there's a number of different factors first of all and this is not any criticisms towards one person or whatever but the criminal justice system did not handle covid well at all at all you know, we were directed by the Illinois Supreme Court, who's the ultimate authority of that, to close down our courts. And so that happened with the exception of certain emergency type of courts for, for a while. Um, and basically, we were charged with, and the Sheriff's Department took this over in terms of who could come into the courthouse and, you know, what everything. And basically, if a defendant said he was sick, they kept him out. And things got continued, and things got continued. Um, and you know, so that was one bad thing. The second thing that has, I think, precipitated a lot of delay in is criminals get out on bail, and they keep committing crimes. And, for example, uh, possession of meth. I've known of six or seven defendants that have had a multitude basically every month uh they they're out of jail and the first of the month they get some money and they get arrested the next day or two i mean the police and they don't do this but they basically could go and find this guy every month and so you know it's an addiction but at the same time you want to get it stopped because the only way we can get people into treatment is to get them arrested and and to the point where they just say i want i want to go do something and and occasionally that works but that's one of the biggest problems that we've had. And then, too, you can get certain defendants that uh, know how to manipulate the system and have done that quite well. I'm not going to mention names, but it really wouldn't be too hard to think of uh, a couple of these defendants that are in very noteworthy cases that have that know how to jerk the system around. Let me ask you this as a reporter. I mean, they do appear in court. You know, it's always continued. There's always some weirdo thing. 
Are we part of the problem? Should we just ignore these people? I mean, I'm not the judge and jury, and everybody's innocent until, you know, proven guilty. But the same names come up over and over and again. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. And, and a lot of it, let's face it, and Gary, you know this, a lot of people involved in the criminal justice system have mental health issues. Without a doubt. And you're not going to solve the fact that they're mentally ill just by continuing a case or putting them on trial or doing anything. And, and I absolutely believe that justice delayed is no justice at all. Um, there should be immediate consequences. That's why I like our specialty courts like drug court and uh, mental health court. It does get to the issue a lot quicker in, in, in that type of setting. But um, I, first of all, I, I think the press needs to cover things. I think transparency is a very good thing. I try to be open. You know, it, it's been a, a dynamic change in this market for the media, too, and I, I recognize that. And so maybe um, things get misconstrued. I very much welcome the opportunity, and I want to say thank you for inviting me to come on because uh, we have nothing to hide. It's, you know, we we need to... Uh, definitely be responsive, and, and the media is the only opportunity we have to, although uh, my going out to restaurants has is, is changed during the pandemic. I have I, ruined I, his meal a few times coming up, and you're always at work, aren't you, Prosecutor? You are, absolutely, but that's, that's, it should be that way. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, I try, not, to, I try to wait until when the food is served, I usually back away. But you're right. Scott Hardy, for us, does such a great job. We have no complaints about the information you're sending out. What I'm saying is I could literally read information for an hour straight about every continuance that was ever granted yesterday, you know, at the yeah, Adams County absolutely. Courthouse. So I can see if you're out on bond. And I probably did. I'm looking at my, okay, if I did something and I pled not guilty and I'm out on bond, I'm going to want to try to jack the system along as long as I can. What is the moment? Who gets to say, no more, Griffith? Uh, you, you got arrested two years ago. You have asked for every kind of continuance known to man. Suck it up, buttercup. You've got to go to trial. Who gets to say that? The judge, ultimately. Okay. Our office can protest what whatever we want, but the judge is the ultimate authority there. We have some new judges. We've had some situation with judges. We've had um, pretty much everything that can happen, uh, have happened. Uh, now, we've had some out-of-town judges that are not used to it. And, and Judge Thompson, who came from Mason County um, and was doing a regular call while Judge Adrian wasn't allowed to do criminal cases, um, he kind of he said, hey, enough's enough. And, 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 but there's still ways that the defendants can... Um, can manipulate the system by firing their public defender and saying they're going to hire on the eve of a trial and, and things like that. And we've had that happen. Change so gets, my attorney. Change yeah, my attorney. It, it yeah. gets very, very frustrating. Yeah, it really is. And it's for us in the media, it's frustrating. For people listening, it's frustrating. And I Most think importantly, it's frustrating for our victims. Oh they don't God. deserve that. And, yeah. and it's just awful. Yeah. We're talking with Gary Farha, the uh, chief prosecutor for Adams County, our Adams County state's attorney. We're going to take a break. When we come back after hearing from the Ursa Farmers Cooperative, we're going to talk more about our criminal justice system, about some of these special courts, about victims' rights, and, uh, again, about, uh, you know, everybody's for harsh punishment until it's your son. Exactly. <laughs> Anyone we all know that. 
Less than 10 minutes left in the Mary Griffith Show. Gary Farha, the prosecutor, is my guest today. Uh, you know, we talked about bail. We talked about different things. Um, I think one thing that is really concerning is people are held on $5 million bail, $10 million bail. There are people that can make that bail. Uh, and it doesn't make him any less guilty or innocent than anybody else, and that is one of the problems. Uh, you know, you can sit in jail for years, I guess, or you can have a lot of rich friends, and, and you can get out, and yet the charges against you could be exactly the same. So there'll be, I'm sure, if this, this court case will wind its way through, and there'll still be efforts trying to make it more fair. The bottom line is it's very difficult to make things fair for everybody because every case is individual, and you've talked about that. Of course, you're not here to give a boost to the public defender, but what we spend on prosecution and what we spend on public defenders is such a disparity. Well, well, that has changed a little bit. Uh, I was just talking, well, we were just hearing from our um, lobbyists with the State's Attorneys Association. So in anticipation of the Safety Act, uh, they have given um, $10 million, the General Assembly has given uh, $10 million to the State Appellate Prosecutor's Office, the State Appellate Defender's Office, and more importantly, $10 million to the um, Supreme Court that will reimburse uh, counties for additional public defenders. So no no additional monies for the state's attorneys and uh there, there was uh, $10 million that will go to the public defenders. Okay. But the interesting thing for both uh, Todd Nelson, who's the chief public defender, and myself is there's nobody that wants to come and be a lawyer in, nobody, in Quincy. Let's, let's talk about that because I thought lawyers were a dime a dozen. They I mean, were. I thought they were. When just, I first started, it was yeah. absolutely. And, of course, you've got a specialized field. I mean, not everybody wants to be a prosecutor. Not everybody wants to be a public defender. Some people want to just do civil litigation. And, and make people, more money. Yeah. You know. Well, that's just it. Uh, you know, we think of law as a high-paying profession, and I'm sure I can think of an firm right here in Quincy where if I could get a job there as a full partner, I'd be have it made. What do you make? It's public knowledge. I just don't yeah. know. Uh, for me, I, and I'm certainly not going to complain, um, and we are being given COLAs, so... Um, the cost of living uh, uh, raises. Uh, so my salary right now is 180,000, uh, 500 hours thereabouts. Okay. I don't, I'm not so exactly less than sure. 200,000, but right. you're uh, a lawyer experienced. You've oh, been yeah. elected. Right. So, you know, obviously you just come out of college. You're not going to make that unless you right. join a firm that your dad owns or something, you know, but why is it so hard? Why, why aren't people becoming lawyers? Why is there such a shortage? Um, well, it's it's the difference in generations, I think. There's a lot of people that just simply want to work from home. They want to do the law uh, from home. We have several lawyers here that work for Chicago firms but live in Quincy and maybe only have to go up to Chicago uh, once a week or, or twice a month or things like that and can do very be very successful in, in that practice. So I think as people come into the job market, they're wanting certain things, and, and, and there's studies out there that show you what the different generations, but um, you don't find the hard-grinding lawyers that are, are in their offices till 10 at night. They, they want quality of life. They want to be with their families. And uh, so we, we had a vacancy in our office. It took us 13 months to fill. 
that was un- unheard of before. But, I mean, is it because you have to have so much experience? Like, why can't you just call University of Missouri, University of Illinois? They've got great law programs there. Right. Northwestern, why can't you just call them we right did. now and say, hey, somebody's graduating in May. Somebody's going to be able to pass the bar. Somebody's going to need a job. Quincy has all this great opportunity. Move over here. I, You know, it's, it's interesting. We thought of everything we could possibly do. We contacted every uh, p- uh, placement office for the law schools around here. Those are the ones, you know, Southern Illinois, Northern Illinois, um, in Iowa, too. We, it, it, nobody wanted to come to Quincy. Uh, nobody wanted to be. I mean, I think it's easier for public defenders because people are interested in social justice. They don't want to be a prosecutor. They don't want to work with the police. Um, it's just a change in how people think. That is interesting. Yeah. Even in small Quincy, which I think is very pro-police, very Absolutely. pro-prosecution. And I would argue as they should be because we are very fortunate in our community to have good policing. But in order for a system to be fair, somebody has to be represented. Now, granted, you know, I could probably afford my own attorney. And this mm-hmm. is what is so grossly unfair. You're going to send everything you have against me, whether I'm poor or rich. But if I am on the other side of that, I've got to mortgage my house and call my brother. Because if I get, quote, stuck, as some people say, with a public defender who is overworked, not because they're not any good lawyers, but because they have too many cases, I'm not going to get fair justice because I can't afford it. There's still that perception that if you get stuck with a public defender, it's lights out. Well, in all actuality, the response I give to people that are that, that say that is, I would rather have some of the public be represented if I had a criminal charge, be represented by somebody that does it every day, than some of the other private attorneys. Um, not that we there are good private attorneys that practice a, a, a very um, well defense work for criminal cases and very very experienced. But there's some that aren't, and peop- so I, the public defenders have have been well compensated. Uh, it's not equal, but probably about uh, 90%. I know the remuneration for uh, the chief public defender, which is paid by the state, is 90% of my salary. 90% of your salary. You know, again, I if I found out one of my coworkers made 10% more than me just because, I don't know, I'd be mad. They don't Victims. have to run for office. Okay. Oh. Do you have to be a lawyer to run, or can I just get elected? No, you got to be a lawyer. Oh, damn it. Uh, <laughs> we've got... I'll be your campaign manager. Okay. Two minutes. Well, I just say she likes to argue and boss people around. That's all the qualifications I need. Let's talk about victims. And you've only got two minutes, and it's a critically important thing. You really are standing on the wall there for people, again, poor. You know, again, you know, somebody did something wrong to me, and I, I can't do anything about it unless I can get the police and the state's attorney to take up my cause. Uh what do we need to do more for victims in this area? Because I know that's been a big part of your leadership. Oh, absolutely. But, and, and I'm blessed with uh, uh, a great victim witness coordinator. We're blessed with having Hoagie that helps with our victims. Uh, that's our uh, courthouse facility dog that has just been a blessing to us. Because it like, calms them down and they absolutely. can the dog. We just had a trial uh, end last night uh, where we had um, a 10-year-old and an eight-year-old, I believe, but they were six and seven at the time, uh, a guy a guy that got convicted of five different uh, felony sexual cases is going to spend life in prison because it's now mandatory. Um, and, and, yeah, uh, my staff did a wonderful job. 
but we do have a crime victims bill of rights we we do meet with our victims we try to listen to them uh we try to coax them to testify do what we can make their experiences as good as possible but um there's no perfect system but we do take very seriously uh our victims and what their wishes are too and you know that that kind of goes against us some sometimes they don't want to prosecute sometimes they're very afraid of the the whole process and and we have to take that into account too. Well, is what happened with Judge Adrian reason to be fearful that you're not going to be heard? Uh, yeah, uh, quite quite frankly. Then yes. why is he back doing criminal cases? Well, uh, from my standpoint, from a purely selfish he standpoint, he, he 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 was a, reelected. So he was, and and for the most part, uh, and, and he's not going to be allowed to do sex cases, uh, but for the most part. His rulings were fair to us, right. except for those type of cases where, whatever. But so. right, one you could make an argument that your whole career shouldn't be based on one maybe misstep. Although he says it wasn't a misstep, but there again, uh, you know, as Judge Judy says, my opinion's the only one that counts. <laughs> right. Do you wish you had Judge Judy on your staff? Wouldn't that be great? It would be no, absolutely. She never, she never continues anything. If you don't have it ready, she's like, where did you think you were coming to, the beach? Do you ever wish somebody would just say, where did you think you were coming to, the beach? No-nonsense <laughs> judges are are uh, are very good. I used to revel in the uh, fact that Judge McMillan from Schuyler County was coming over to handle a, a particular call. Cause she was that way, absolutely that way, and was wonderful. If she'd just come for payment court, <laughs> she'd have seven people up in jail because they didn't pay their fines. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, it's been a delight. We need to have you on more frequently, especially before you leave office. And, folks, you've got a friend. If you're a victim of a crime, there's a place to go to get help. Thank you so much.